today on 2C Fans. You know, we had Obama visiting Cuba not that long ago, and we had um, Carnival Cruise Line saying that they're going to schedule travels there. So Actually, they're arriving this morning in yep. Havana. They are. The first yes. one, yeah. First one. Left, awesome. left Miami last night. Wow. wow. Good timing, right? Yeah, uh -huh. excellent timing. It's almost like we planned this. Well, I did plan this, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Haley Rutger. And I'm Joe Nicholson. And this is Two Sea Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory. Today, Haley, we are talking to who? Well, Dr. Bob Pewter here from Moat's Center for Shark Research. Ah, and yeah. Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob. He's and? pretty awesome. And his colleague from Cuba, Alexei Ruiz Abierno from the University of Havana. So we're going to have a, a really awesome conversation about how they have worked together on shark research and what it's like to be people from the U.S. and Cuba working together at this very interesting time. We are here today with Dr. Bob Heater of Mount Marine Laboratory and Alexei. 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 Yes. And your last name, I'm sorry. Ruiz Abierno. Abierno. Isn't that a beautiful accent? It's, it's awesome. I love the way the R's roll. Yeah. And you are with? I'm from uh, the Center of Marine Research from Havana University. Excellent. And what are we going to be talking to them about today? Naturally, we have a U.S. scientist here from Moat and a scientist from Cuba who work together on studying sharks. So we're going to be talking about how shark research is going in Cuba and some of the cool stuff that these guys have done so far. And it's cool stuff, you say? It's freaking cool stuff, Joe. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we're in for a really good episode. Um, so we're just going to let them get started. And I'm going to start with a couple of questions to get things rolling, though. So we got to do this for context. We are recording this in April 2016. And right now... Um, Cuba and U.S. relations are a really hot topic. They've had a trade embargo for decades between the two countries, but um, relations have been really warming up. You know, we had Obama visiting Cuba not that long ago, and we had um, Carnival Cruise Line saying that they're going to schedule travels there. So Actually, they're arriving this morning in yep. Havana. They are. The first yes. one, yeah. First one. Left, awesome. left Miami last night. Wow. wow. Good timing, right? Yeah, uh -huh. excellent timing. It's almost like we planned this. Well, I did plan this, Haley. <laughs> so, first of all, uh, why is Cuba such a good place to do shark research? I'll let Bob take this question first, and I'll let you guys pass it back and forth. Well, I'll say something, and then I'd like Alexei to, to weigh in. But um, uh, Cuba, to me, as a shark biologist, is, is a place that I've always wanted to go, uh, especially you know, having my education in Florida and South Florida at the University of Miami, I would look south from the Keys and, and say, why can't we go there? Because it's, it's, it's not that far away. And we are, we suspected as long as 40 years ago that the sharks were swimming back and forth between Cuba and Florida. And uh, finally got the opportunity to go there about, uh, about 12 years ago. Um, and, um, found that I find that Cuba is a, is a place of magnificent marine environments, um, many of which have not been spoiled by development. Um, it's, not, it's not Eden in the sense that um, they definitely have their challenges there with things like overfishing uh, and some degradation of the coral reefs, but in general a lot of the habitat is in very good shape compared to 
other parts of this this area. Uh, and when you look at the sharks, uh, sharks are very healthy there. Um, some of the populations are depressed through overfishing, which is partially due to human fishing, but maybe due to fishing in other places too, because these animals move around. And um, and so it, it represents a place where um, shark biologists like me can kind of almost go back in time and, and work on sharks the way they, they were off of Florida 40, 50 years ago. All right, Alex, Alexei. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I agree with Bob about that. And we say in Cuba that Cuba is like, this look like the key of the Gulf of Mexico. You know, we are in the middle of all these big water uh, pool. Mm -hmm. And like Bob say, we are sharing these old species of sharks and rays and other, you know, pressure, you know. And and I think, you know, like Bob say, the low development of, you know, industry mainly and, you know, not very big population on the island, you know, mm. in coastal sites mm -hmm. that uh, give us the opportunity to have, you know, quite healthy environments mm -hmm. and in good shapes. So it's not very high degradation of the coral reef or, you know, uh, seagrass bed or sandy beaches. So I think that can be, you know, a, um, a good opportunity for all these animals to, you know, be around there and, you know, um, use the environment in, you know, in the good way too. Well, are there are there many marine parks or protected areas for uh, species such as the ones that you know Bob and you and you are looking at? So Cuba have a lot of um, marine protected area and a lot of natural park around you know whole Cuba. Uh, so more like I think was like thirty six uh, national park that included uh, you know big areas for wow. marine protection. And you have the Gardens of the Queen in the south. You have uh, Mariala Gorda is on the west side of the island, the very far west side of the island, uh, from the north coast and the south coast. So it's good place that are quite protect protected, mm -hmm. and you know mainly for the you know the protection of the marine environments and the landscapes. And is it is it well um, maintained? Is it patrolled and? Well, there is kind of enforcement on that. It, we say we say that it's not enough the enforcement, but um, uh, but it's it's quite good, you know. Um, the problem there is uh, mainly you know the education of the people, you know, it's depending on how high education they have uh, about you know the conservancy of the nature mm -hmm. and how. Um, they can be, you know, familiar or friendly with the nature. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in some places, the local guys are, you know, more usual to, to be friendly with the nature. Yeah. So um, that's a good point is, you know, at Moat, we call it ocean literacy, knowing about the oceans and uh, knowing, being more willing to take care of them. Um, now, I wanted to ask you guys, you do shark research in Cuba um, because it has these fabulous <coughs> environments, they're connected to us, but is it easy to do that? Like, pretend that me and Joe are shark researchers. I <laughs> am a shark researcher. <laughs> I believe you. So we're shark researchers, and I, I'm from Cuba. You can tell by my accent. I can. <laughs> yeah. You sound very Latin. Yeah. 
and Joe is from the U.S. And no. Yes, he is. No, well, now I know no he's from the U.S.'s attic, Canada. <laughs> he's actually from Canada. <laughs> I am from America's hat. But <laughs> that is that America's hat. But we're going to pretend. Oh, what a fine hat it is! <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Comes with beer. That's yes. the best part. And hockey. Did I get to finish my story? I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Joe is from the U.S. for now. Okay. For now, and uh, we're going to do some shark research together. What do we have to do? Um, you know, say it was like what 15 years ago that you started um to do this bob or no, 10? almost not 10. quite it was in 2005. 2005 so say it's 2005 and we're shark researchers trying to work together what would we have to go through to get to cuba to get to cuba and then eventually to get me to come here and <coughs> collaborate in the u.s so are you asking us? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I'm <laughs> just not asking me. I thought you guys were going to take over. I, think so. I have no clue. We need some help. <laughs> well, uh, if you go back to 2005, the um, the travel restrictions, of course, back then were, were more stringent than they are now. Um, uh, it's Everything is, is more difficult uh, than working, certainly in the United States and, and in many other countries. If you really want to... If you really want to torture yourself, you you choose to work in in Cuba as a scientist because it, you have to go through so many other steps. But in the end, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very simple things that that make life difficult are things like uh, cannot use any credit cards down there, U.S. credit cards. So therefore, all the all the expenses have to be paid for in cash. So uh, you have to think about what that means. You have to plan ahead. Uh, the availability of things, um, equipment for science, especially in our field, uh, boats, research vessels, has always been a limiting factor and um, is, is still a struggle mm -hmm. for us, although things are changing in, in terms of us being able to bring other boats in. Um, but the main thing um, in starting this collaboration is to, is to build trust. And when you go back uh, to the early 2000s, I would say, you know, that the Cuban people were, um, you know, you guys were, you were open, but you were careful about trusting us. Uh, and I, I would be exactly the same if I were you in your shoes. So they had a healthy, you know, not distrust, but a healthy skepticism, I would say. So you have to build that trust. Uh, you have to build a working relationship through building relationship period, human relationship. And I think that's, that's been the, the, um, the, the most satisfying part of, of the whole experience is the bridges that we've built uh, on a human scale in addition to the scientific work that we've done. Yeah. And I think that was the basic of that, all these jobs that we have been done all these years. Yeah, I mean, I Moat Marine Laboratory started its work uh, as I said, in the early 2000s, and now we see things opening up and being a little bit easier. And what's very gratifying to me is how at Alexei's institution, his uh, his uh, director has said to to us, to me, and to other you know uh, representatives from Moat, said, "Listen, there are other there are many people asking us to collaborate with them, so on, but you guys have been here for us and with us." for more than 10 years. And in the bad times and the good times. In the bad times and the tough times, as yeah. well as now the, the better times. And so what you're saying is you trust Bob now? I yeah. I trust Bob like 100%. Okay. <laughs> what a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I know that he's, you know, he's side 
dark side. Okay. <laughs> but I, but I, I, well, I, we, I, we won't explore that. No, here. no, we can, we can. That's a whole that. different talk. And the funny side too. We've always, we've always behaved very professionally down there, and um, we're like, we're like family. Um, and uh, that that has only come through working together and, and building that that trust. I think we, we you know I think in, in all this year of working together and when we you know beginning to you know build this um, friendship and collaboration. Um, my experience with Bob is he always um, is open to um, teach us. You know is open to listen what we you know what we know what we think about that or about any things so i think that that is important when you try to build a uh, relation you know you, you can now go to a, a place with all your knowledge and just drop your knowledge to everybody and and that's it you know we do what i'm thinking is better because you know sometimes people are you know little afraid of that and in our case was you know working perfectly that was that that beginning on 2005 when you meet this beautiful cuban eugene clark for yeah, us the eugene clark yeah maria elena uh, maria well, elena and the former director yeah, yeah that that was like 2005. well she actually came here to moat before that she came here in the late 90s and that was the that was the beginning, beginning. the beginning thread that led to our collaboration. She visited Moat, uh, sat down with us, and and charmed us like, you know, like Jeannie used to do. So you're comparing her to the founder of Moat. For anyone who doesn't know, that was Eugenie Clark. No, why? What she's because she just gets the point across really well and is a good scientist. She's or? very. She was very charismatic. She also also passed away a few years ago. Yeah. And she's very charismatic, um, very knowledgeable. Um, it's just had a, a way about her, and, and, and there was a lot of respect there because of her experience. Uh, I'm sure. Experience. What's her name again? Marielena Ibarra. Doctor. Doctor. Marielena Ibarra. And yeah. she, she, you know, I, I meet uh, Eugene. I think was in the first visit in 2012, yeah, I think. Right. And you know, and I meet you know Marielena in Cuba. And for me, um, I spend you know more time with Marielena, and but I feel that both are excellent teachers, you know, excellent person, you know, human person. So they they and when I compare both, uh, I see that Eugene, even in the late ages, go to the field, work a lot. Marielena do the same. Uh, she loved turtles. Uh, she loved, you know, the conservation of turtles. Any anything about turtles conservation, and she go on the beach with mosquitoes, sunflies, you know, hard uh, condition to work, and go and play with the children. Go and teach them. You know, it's it's impressive how these two beautiful and excellent women do. Yeah these jobs and that's you know that's the thing is that they were both very strong women yeah. very smart women but they knew what they wanted to accomplish <clears throat> and they they both uh, were very accomplished by the by the end of their careers maria lane i think was just a little younger than than genie yep. but not much <laughs> but uh, what i want to hear about is 
like what it's like for you guys when you get in the water and work with a shark because people have probably by now seen you guys on the Discovery Channel or somewhere else that's been showing your Cuban research and maybe you guys mm -hmm. can pick like a project where you worked really well together and you had some exciting times and you learned something very beneficial. Can we fit all those things into Ooh, in a nutshell, in a nutshell. if you would. Mm -hmm. One yes. trip, maybe? We've had so many. We've been out in the field uh, so many times and done exciting things. Um, this guy, I have to tell you, he's the, one of the very best scientists I've ever seen in the field. Um, he can do it all. Hmm. Uh, and he's he's absolutely tireless too. That's that's high praise coming from Bob. Thank yeah. Thank you. He's tireless. He's tireless. He's absolutely tireless. And it, whether it's diving or or fishing or you know taking data or whatever, um, the guy is up. You know he's he can outlast me. So um, we we have. But you are getting a little long in the tooth. Um, <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> yes. My 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 teeth are down to my knees at this point. <laughs> Joe can only see that because he is too. Oh, <laughs> zing! Mr. Fiftieth birthday. Well, and you know a lot of these things. Of course, I've been there, done that. So I look to the younger people to 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 do more of the physical work anyway. Mm -hmm. But um, what shall we talk about? I mean, we've we've. Um, We've gone on cruises down the coast together. We've gone to fishing ports and looked at the catch coming in, examined the animals. Uh, we've we've dived together in the gardens of the Queen. We've worked with commercial fishermen out at sea to, to catch uh, sharks for tagging. Mm -hmm. Do you guys what, have like one well, story? I was going to say, well, well, which one of all of those experiences oh. was probably your your favorite? Guava. <laughs> Which one? Guava. No, not the guava story. <laughs> oh, we, that sounds like an interesting little song. Oh, that's a just a swell. We leave that for later. Okay. Okay. Um, Did but, somebody slip on a guava? No, I, <laughs> uh, I almost caused an international incident by <laughs> on on one of our research cruises. I was offered a plate of this uh, fresh uh, raw guava, you know, sliced yeah. in half. Yeah. And having enjoyed guava pies and, and guava paste is this wonderfully sweet, delicious confection. I thought the raw stuff would be kind of similar, and I had never <laughs> tasted it before, and I bit into it, and it all to me it tasted like was nasty seeds and soap in my mouth. And I turned and I spit it out over the, the back of the boat, and when I turned back, I looked at about six Cubans who were looking at me in horror. <laughs> <laughs> that I had just insulted their <laughs> national fruit or whatever it is. And for a moment there, I thought, oh, I'm God. in big trouble until yeah. they all broke out in laughter. <laughs> but they have not let me forget it since. <laughs> the, the famous guava incident. Oh, the guava incident of 2000 and, and yeah, whatever it was. Or something yeah. Like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's written down in the history books now. It is now. It's on the record. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> but um, I, <clears throat> I think that, excuse me, I think that the... Um, the, the two cases, the two uh, trips that we filmed for the Discovery Channel, I think they really stand out in my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, because for the first one, the diving in um, the Gardens of the Queen with <clears throat> silky sharks, you know, that was, that was basically, basically Alexei and me, although they didn't, unfortunately, Discovery didn't show so much of Alexei in the end. And I'm sorry about that. But you saw him, you know, and we were together the whole time, and we were communicating with each other. Um, and we uh, watched as this incredible guy, the shark whisperer guy, Noel, uh, 
uh, wrangled these these free swimming sulky sharks. Big animals. Too. Yeah, and he's a Cuban dive master, right? Yeah, Cuban dive he's master. This is an instructor, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And he's a master photographer too. He's mm -hmm. incredible underwater photography. Um, we had we had been trying for a day or two to to catch some of these animals in um, in different ways and. They offered to, to, to catch them for us by hand underwater, so we I was a little skeptical, but um, but Alexei said, yeah, let's give it a try. So mm -hmm. we did, and uh, then so together we had to be a team because obviously with this man grabbing a shark and holding it uh, calm for a matter of a, a minute or a couple of minutes, we wanted to work very quickly, so we had to coordinate with the measurement of the shark we had to make sure we didn't touch the animal too much and disturb it and we had to get the tags the satellite tags that we were deploying in these animals uh just right among the first satellite tags ever deployed you were guys you guys were For on sharks? the first yeah. mission yeah. to do it in cuba cuban waters and that we did that together the very yeah. first satellite tag on a shark deployed in cuba was in the gardens the of the gardens. queen underwater mm -hmm. on scuba wow. without the animal being caught on a, on a, on a line yeah. it wasn't restrained by a rope there was no rope there was no net there was no spear it was it was completely underwater we and yeah. we had that experience that one together. was a very good experience and you know very exciting and you know in some point you you have like some afraid of what's you know it can be out of control there so many variables there very quickly everything can change yeah yes. and so many sharks were in the water too and yeah it's amazing yeah but i was always i was comfortable the whole time weren't you no i'd be i'd be i'd be com comfortable and you know i always be you know you always you always have you know this in mind that you need to be careful of everything that you are doing on the field i was, <coughs> I was in always in the back of your mind yeah you, you're always this thinking is, this okay. is a thought yeah. that you never you know, take out of your mind, yeah. even if you are, you know, if you know pretty good what you are doing. See, I was always comfortable because I had you next to me and you're smaller <laughs> and you're more bite-sized. So <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I one know. of the sharks I got know. a little rambunctious. Actually, I would just push you. And, and, and actually, I be on the head of the shark. <laughs> That's right. You be on the tail. <laughs> I always told you. I know, I know. Go to that end. I know, go to I, that know. End. I know. So, Joe, this is how we have to set up our shark research operation. Yes, you go to the head of the shark and I go to the tail. <laughs> I'm smaller than you are. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay. Smart, Joe. Smart. Sacrifice myself. Sacrifice Haley, <laughs> but this is the part where if you're like me and Joe or anybody else who's not really a shark researcher, you don't do this at home. And this is just where we have to say that. Of course, of course. <laughs> yes, please don't do not try any of this at home. Yep. Yeah, we're absolutely kidding about the sharks, you know, yeah. wanting to bite any of us. So that was never in play. Yeah. You're here now with us, Alexei, and we want to know what kind of things you're studying or what you're learning um, by coming here to Moat. Well, this is my third visit to Moat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now I'm usual to be here. Mm. <laughs> I like it a lot. So no, but you know, I'm I'm here because I'm beginning my PhD now. So I, you know, focuses on different uh, topics of or charter of um, study of elastomer branch in general, but mainly in sharks. Mm -hmm. So um, you know. From the Discovery show or the Discovery film, we get good ideas about different species and uh, oceanic species like longfin mako that is very 
we call like rare species because it's not found in any almost any fisheries in the world. Yeah, we should say that on their February 2015 trip, they tagged a longfin mako. The first one, yeah. First one. Well, the second one. In the second world. One. You, second, you second tagged one, the first we, one we tagged the, on the Gulf tagged of the Mexico. first one in the Gulf. Yeah. That was and the first one in Cuba, of course. Yes. Two males, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting, interesting species. And the other species that is very interesting for us is the Oceanic White Tip. Oh, mm. okay. So Oceanic White Tip, its uh, population is very... Uh, very depleted. Very Actually, depleted. NOAA, US, uh, U.S. agency NOAA, is, is currently reviewing whether to list the oceanic white tip on the, under the Endangered Species Act. Really? Mm. It's yep. Kevin, that... Would that be the first shark? Yes. Wow. And I, and I, get, and I guess I, it's, it's not taking too long that they submit that to uh, CITES to yeah. put it on the CITES. appendix one yeah, CITES. yeah. Mm. well it's uh, it's already listed in appendix two, two for cites um probably moved but uh which deals with trade trade trade, only. Okay. trade and and so on but the listing under the endangered species act has very severe implications uh uh for this animal which is which is still caught on the north coast of cuba yep. and interestingly what what have you found well, in the, in the they are all there? they are almost juveniles old so uh the little guys yeah they are uh-huh. babies or well not baby but small guys so that is the interesting thing so this is something that i in particular want to work out you know to find if if it's a nursery area there uh-huh. that can be very important most people may not realize that even there are some shark species where we know so little, we hardly know what they're doing for a lot of their lives, right? And 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 at the same time, you know, uh, having you know training and getting knowledge that you how they how did you do here? You know, mm-hmm. we know that there is different conditions. Uh, you have a lot of sharks, I can say, <laughs> uh, here. Um, you have you know very long history on shark study mm-hmm. so you have a lot of experience like i say and then we we are you know i'm i'm coming here to to suck that knowledge <laughs> if we can say that uh and and not just for just shark good. and we well, in a good way, in yeah. a good yes. way, in a good way, and and we're not uh, going to forget after you come here. <laughs> and and at the same time, you know, uh, that's why I get dumber every time he comes here because he <laughs> takes takes parts of my brain. brain. Yeah. I just get dumber and dumber and pretty learn soon time learn something about uh, rays too, like spotted eagle ray that mm-hmm. is so beautiful uh-huh. animals and yeah. you know maybe some devil rays, devil man- rays mantis. too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I like to see, you know, it's it seems like, you know, um, our scientists go there, they learn something, and you guys come here and you learn something, and it yeah. seems like there's always this exchange. So, Bob, what are your future plans for research with uh, this whole C- Cuban, uh, Cuba-U.S. research thing? So, Alexei is here this month so that we can um, take our plans to a, to a higher level. Um, with the change in the relationship between the countries, we now have some opportunities, we think, to be able to gear up and take uh, perhaps some boats into Cuba. Really? Um, yeah. So we, you know, up to this point, we've really been working on a very um, shoestring budget and in, out of small boats, you know, whatever we can get. Uh, one of the things that we're, we're looking at is taking the ship O-Search to mm-hmm. Cuba next year. Really, um, and start 
start going for uh, to do more intensive satellite tagging of some of these really interesting pelagic sharks on the north coast, such as the oceanic white tip and, and the longfin mako, and, uh, and build into that a, uh, an outreach component um, so that everybody in the world can, especially the United States, can see this work going on in Cuba as it happens. That's, that's one. Another project that uh, we're launching uh, together with a group called the Global Finprint Program is to uh, deploy these underwater video camera systems on selected reefs around Cuba to use that uh, to document the presence of an abundance of sharks on Cuban reefs. That's interesting. These systems are baited with, with uh, food, so you don't actually catch the animals, so you just you attract them. Uh -huh. um, and this is a technology that's been kind of standardized and used around the world, so whatever we find in Cuba can be compared to these other places all around the world. Um, and then uh, uh, continue the fisheries characterization work, looking at what the, f uh, the impacts of the fisheries. I know that Alexei is also very interested in, in uh, uh, sort of repeating some of the nursery area studies that we've done in places like Florida and Mexico. I think that uh, the future is very bright for this, for the collaboration. And I, and I'm, it's very important to me that this is something that will continue way past my career, but that this is something uh, that Moat will continue to uh, foster this, this good relationship with the University of Havana. That's all right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Yeah, thank you. It's thank been you fun. to all of you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you uh, in two weeks with another episode of Two Sea Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory. To find out more about this podcast and others, go to www.moat.org, where you can learn all about the research and education programs of Moat Marine Laboratory, and you can even make a donation at moat.org forward slash support.